0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is effectively known as sideline. You want more about the model during the course of this episode? Set to cover, select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Thursday, January 5th, 2023. In case you're new, check out my page on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com/new for some explanations, goals, full recommendations on wager scaling, where to find additional picks. We have so much time in this show. There's a lot of games here on Thursday. So where to find all the other plays? Check out that link if you're not sure where to find those. And some also also some community rules over there. Uh, also remember, there are no locks in gambling. So sideline parses its picks into two categories. Plays and leans. The plays are good enough to blind back and profit in the long. One of the leans are around fifty-one percent. Most of the time, those are more about shop around, get a better number, and that's where it becomes more of an interesting play. Uh, but the number just not quite good enough for the model to like there. Again, this episode will only cover what are determined to be the best and most interesting games of the day with one wildcard pick thrown in at the end, but the results and totality of all recommended plays. These, the model, plays, and all of the plays of the day over on Patreon, and all the stuff given out to our Discord chat. All that can be found on BetStip and the Google Sheet. Links in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections and picks on every single game. And for early access to those picks and projections, see the Patreon that links in the crawler below in show description. It's also where you can ask for, access that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports, along with a lot of general fun. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to see, will be profitable each and every day as an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared uh, continuing to do uh, an admirable job here, filling in for Jake while he's still over in Ireland. Uh, It's lonely in these parts when we don't have our college basketball guru around, you know, now football's done. I mean, what else do you even have going on in your life right now, you know? Exactly. What what
1: else do I have to do but to be here with all of our, our lovely viewers, right? And I have to say, I am excited because this is the first weeknight you know, a- after the new year where it feels like it's truly college basketball season, mm-hmm. got 79 games on a slate for a Thursday. I feel like probably by far the most number of games we've had on, on a weekday, any day this season, at least it feels like that to me. Um, so yeah, excited to really be able to dig into to college basketball. Now, like you said, since college football is wrapping up.
0: Yeah. I think we had one of these days last week that was about like this. And I think that was only the first one. I think this would be the second one. That's this big. Cause most yeah. of the weeknights have been a lot lower. They've been, you know, 30 games, 40 games. Uh, but yeah, like a w- Wednesday here, uh, Ups the number of games, and then Thursday just really takes off uh, again. Yeah. Here. It's, just, it's like it's like a Saturday night
1: well yeah that, that that's a good segue into something i'll mention uh, later in, in this episode but yeah i don't necessarily count all of the games between uh christmas and new year's which unfortunately for the teams they do count uh but for me I, i'm not quite <laughs> convinced they do count because our does anybody really want to be playing any basketball games between christmas and new year's if they're being completely
0: honest? Uh, well the, the backups do That's the problem is sometimes the backups and, that, and i and i think that costs us a couple of wagers the backups coming in and just like jacking up threes with a minute to go and it's like what is yeah. happening right now yeah. you know, they yeah. wanted to be there but yeah the starters are like man i just just getting through this right they want to yeah, be with family yeah. they want to go back home and see their friends really right and they don't want to be out there traveling uh <laughs> all right well i'm curious where you're going with that i have no idea so i, I guess you or <laughs> i will learn along with you uh but before we get to all that some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications then you won't miss any of the college basketball and more beat or college football content that this channel provides i have already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here three dollars per month gets you access to every play of the day uh, Wednesday hasn't Wednesday games haven't happened yet. I think I got, I think I did twelve of them, so hopefully those do well. We'll find out shortly. Uh, again, you may be watching this and already know. And at this point, I, I always feel like I should do two recordings, right? They went great, you know. And then yeah, you know, they went terrible, you know. But we'll get them the next day, like just cut out whichever yeah. one's wrong. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of good plays of the day there. That's where I can in the morning I can kind of say, hey, here's the best stuff that's still out there. Make sure you don't miss out on these. Um, you can also access that Discord chat group. You can get ad free shows. Uh, earlier than uh, they're delivered to youtube a lot of good stuff uh, www.patreon.com slash with the professor for more details but even if you're not there we're so thrilled to have you here let's get to it all i'm to about online sign up link in the sh- show description current as the time of this recording here on late wednesday afternoon uh, there's one afternoon game we aren't covering it here so we're going to start off 5.30 p.m. Central Maryland at Rutgers. Rutgers is a six-point favorite total, and this one is 130.5. Uh, model says this should be Rutgers minus 6.7. The model leans Rutgers um, the stronger pick according to the model, though, and the pick that we're going to recommend here is the under 130.5 model, says so it should be 125.3. Rutgers defense, obviously incredible at home, just takes it to another level. Maryland's defense, not bad at all, as well, and just thinks that there's really not going to be a ton of pace, and the defenses are going to be what takes over in this one. Um, So we're going under 130.5. Cousin Jared, uh, I I was kind of leaning Rutgers too. I think if you take what should happen in this game, it's Maryland's offense going to struggle traveling, going to struggle traveling, uh, you know, to a tough place to play like Rutgers. Rutgers defense being incredible, Rutgers offense is pretty solid. They should score some points at home. And I'm thinking, hey, the model leans Rutgers. I like Rutgers too. You had a good angle as to why maybe the reason the model just leaning and not playing it is smart here, and that maybe we shouldn't lay the six.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, I hate this spot for Rutgers, Uh, not only coming off a a really big win uh, against Purdue in their last game, but Maryland also coming off an absolutely embarrassing loss to to Michigan in their last game. I have been around this this space long enough. To know that this is one of those games that seems too easy, and generally, when it mm. seems too easy, it is too easy. Uh, this seems like one of those games where you get a bounce-back game and an excellent effort from Maryland. And I, I agree with your assessment. Rutgers' defense is amazing. You would think that that's going to carry over game to game really well from there uh, for them, and maybe be able to just carry carry them through here to this cover. Uh, but man, coming off a big victory like that makes me think if there's any, you know, lack of lack of step or they're not right in the right frame of mind, still kind of basking in that glory of that win over purdue uh, i think this is a spot where american Mer- maryland can sneak up and give them a really good game but either way that the game plays out i, I completely agree with your pick here on on the under um i, I think you know there, there's lots of ways this this under hits especially if it keeps it close because i have the most faith in uh Rutgers defense of any unit that's on the court and so yeah. kind of best case for this game i still see uh ruckers kind of
0: keeping the game lower scoring even if maryland keeps it close and I still think the second best unit on the court is going to be Maryland's defense. I'm assuming that just sets up to be a, a situation, and again, without a lot of pace, a situation where uh, again the model's 125, at that mid 120s is a little more likely than 130. So uh, a great under spot here. Uh, I, I love your point there with Rutgers. It's one of those things where we we talk about a little bit with weird coach firings and, and motivational spots. I think in hindsight we're going to be able to say, oh, clearly, you know, Maryland, you know on the road at Rutgers never stood a chance, right? Or we're going to be able to say in hindsight, oh, well, clearly this was a bounce back spot for him. we see yeah. this all the time, right? It's just ahead of time, it's like, I really don't know which one it's going to be. Um, yeah. I think oftentimes there is value Backing the team that just looked like garbage and fading yeah. the team that just looked really good. You see it all the time because there's just an extra like point of value here point of value there. And you get a little bit of value on it because people are just remembering what they saw last. And I mean, you're absolutely right. narrowly like, yeah. what we saw last of them was disastrous. Yeah bad and workers what we saw of them last time was phenomenal to get that yeah. win on the road i mean so yeah you could not really paint two different pictures here and it's like well if that carries over yeah workers is going to win this game like you know 60 to 38 or something ridiculous yeah. like that right but yeah. but if not yeah it could be just a rock fight where it's like 55 52 late and then at that point laying six is just too many points where you're like yeah i don't want to be i don't really know how it's going to play out at the end the under is just where right I'd, where yeah. i'd rather be so our pick here is the under 135 Sticking in the Big Ten, Purdue at Ohio State, 6 p.m. Central. Ohio State's a short one-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Obviously, Purdue suffered their first loss of the season. But I mentioned it when we covered that game, that purdue Rutgers game. Uh, Purdue hasn't really been looking great as of late. They hadn't really been covering a lot. They are now uh, 4-9 and uh, against the spread. So even when they were winning, they weren't winning big. They weren't covering. They they just they haven't looked quite as good as they looked early in the season. Now after that, obviously you do expect a little bit of a bounce back spot here, uh, but on the road and, and you know in a tough place to play, a pretty solid Ohio State team. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that. Purdue is the better team here. I think it's very close. They might be the better team. It's one of those things, and and, and, I, and I mentioned this with Kansas and Texas Tech, and that was a phenomenal game, and Tech almost pulled it out, couldn't quite do it. Phenomenal game. Uh, it, you know, If all games are like that, right, You know, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. I think the thing that I mentioned there, and I, I want to maybe, maybe I'm, I didn't make myself ex, extremely clear on that, is that when you talk about projection, there's just these, there's the error bars of, I don't really know. I have some uncertainty, and my point with that, my point here is just, there's enough uncertainty that, Purdue might be the better team. They might not. It's not like I, if I were to talk about the point estimate of if I, if you pinpoint, I think this team's here and I think this team's here. I could say one thing, but when I say, I really think it's there probably between here and here and here and here. Hopefully you're, you're with us on the video and not the audio only because you're like, I don't know what he's doing with his hands. <laughs> There's that overlap. Right. And so it's one of those yeah. things where I, Purdue might be the better team. They might not. It's, it's, I, I would lean that way, but I'm just not convinced they are the better team, uh, especially right now. Model says Ohio State, minus 3.5. The model is basically saying these two teams are dead. And and I don't think that's a crazy take. Maybe Purdue's a little bit better. Either way, I think Ohio State can get the job done here. And I think laying one and a half makes a lot of sense. I'd love laying one, but one and a half, probably fine. You don't see a lot of one-point wins. Just cross our fingers. I'd I'd lay two in a heartbeat as well. Um, This is a model play, and I tend to agree with it. I just haven't been as impressed. Purdue just early on looked like they were going to take that leap and be that team and i'm just not convinced at this point that they're going to do it i think ohio state's just quietly under the radar pretty solid i think they're going to go out and get a home victory cuz Jared, what's your take
1: you'll notice you know people that have been watching us for a while especially if you watch it during college football season i'm not sure how many times in college football i have ever said what a team's record is against the spread in in, in that season you hear me talking about it a lot more here on college basketball, because I, I feel like in college football, they're, it's very uh, prone to overreacting to the last game. And so I, I think that sometimes the lines can kind of be out of whack from, from what they should be. In college basketball, I think it's the opposite. I think these lines are slower to, to catch up to teams than maybe they are in some of the other sports that we talk about on this channel. And I feel like Purdue definitely falls into that category for me, but you mentioned their record against the spread. I just, think that the num- the numbers are still giving Purdue a little bit too much respect uh, for what we've seen from them so far this season. Uh, this is a spot. So, so for me, I, I just think that Purdue's been overvalued. And then you got Sideline sitting here telling me that this game should be three and a half. So sure, I, I'm perfectly good with laying the, the point and a half here. And again, mostly that is I think the perception of Purdue is a little still a little too high. And after the loss to Rutgers in the last game, this might be the last time that you're able to to capitalize on that number being a little bit off.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's a great point. I think it's real easy to look past that. Rutgers, and I, hey, you and I talked about it, right? Rutgers Rutgers kind of a good team. Yeah. Yeah, And that and the people weren't realizing that, you know, and I didn't quite expect them to win, but I thought they could at least hang around, make it interesting. And it got, Super interesting, I guess. Um, but, you know, they're a good team. And so that's not, the to me, the most surprising thing in the world. But I think people could look past it. You know, Rutgers has that great defense. Um, I, I do think if they lose this one, though, I think maybe people will kind of start realizing, again, Purdue a really good team. It's just yeah. the Big Ten has a lot of good teams. We've been saying it all season. It's going to be a bloodbath in this conference of yeah. really hard to win on the road. If you can get a road win like that, Road Rutgers win. Huge. But, you know, just so hard to get road wins. Yeah. And uh, just so many good teams. And, again, Purdue a really good team. I don't want to take anything away from them. But they've shown moments where they look like a top you know, three team in college basketball, but they also have a lot of games where they just, they look good, not great. And if yeah. they show up in the great version of Purdue shows up, they can absolutely win this game. But I haven't, I don't feel like I've seen that great version in like over a month now, really. And like you yeah. said, the number are still treating them like they're great. And I just think they're very good or treating yeah. them. Maybe they're great, but they're not elite, whatever adjectives yeah. you want to use there. Yeah. So we're going to lay the point and a half there with Ohio State. Moving on to 8 p.m. Central, Oregon at Colorado. is a three-point home favorite. Model says it should be four. And this is a model play here. We're going to bat Colorado, lay the three points. Three is about as high as it wants to go. It does not want to lay three and a half. Doesn't want to get hooked there. Um, we faded Colorado 12 times this season. fun eight and four fading them done pretty well. They're backed them three times, gone two and one. Um, But for the most part, as of late, at least the models pegged these two teams pretty well. Uh, Colorado, just like all over the map team. You just never know what you're going to get from them. This feels like a game where Colorado either wins by 12 or loses embarrassingly at home. And like, there's no in between because you just never know what you're going to get with them. They have some incredible games and they've had some real stankers. Uh, I just think on aggregate, I I think they're about as good as Oregon, maybe a little better. And I just don't trust Oregon yet. I know they've been hyped up a lot. I just, I just haven't seen it yet. I just haven't been convinced yet of Oregon. They got to get healthy and get everybody going. And I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to lay it through with Colorado uh, and agree with the model. Cousin Jared, what's your take?
1: so i have a bone to pick with the pac-12 about three things number one is okay. the pac-12 network okay that was just terrible how many yeah. you know entertaining pac-12 games have i missed in my life this, because- this game is going to be on espn too so okay well that's fine that doesn't change the fact that i'm still upset about the <laughs> Pac-12 Network. The second thing i'm upset about is not forcing justin wilcox to take the organ job because as a conference commissioner <laughs> or whoever you should shouldn't allow somebody to make stupid decisions like that and the third thing i have a bone
0: kudos, with- kudos to you for bringing that up here on on the college basketball show i i, I i'm you know, i you found a way Congrats. i have to <laughs> pander to my audience and the third thing
1: <laughs> is making colorado play two road games between christmas and new year's mm. it is absolutely mm. ridiculous so they had mm. they played at stanford mm. on december 29th uh, won that game and then i i mean I would say there's no excuse for this. The excuse is they had to play two conference games between Christmas and New Year's, uh, but they lost a Cal. There is
0: no excuse for it. Yeah, Mm. they lost to Cal by four. Mm. Uh, That is a- Although they tried to come back late and that would have been one of the worst collapses ever because Cal was up like, 15 with like four minutes to go or something and almost blew so I don't know what it was remember but it was it was ridiculous. They almost blew
1: it. Yeah, th- there was there's an AM, I, I think Northern Iowa game in the basketball tournament one oh, yeah a little yeah, bit better than yeah, uh yeah, yeah. Than that. But anyway, yeah. Who, who's yeah. Here? yeah. Don't ask me about the new offense coordinator at AM either. Uh so anyway, uh yeah, Colorado, they've played a lot, they played well at home uh this season. I'm I'm not holding that Cal loss against them, even with how bad Cal is. I I mean, in my opinion, I think you're going to have uh it be hard pressed to find a more tough spot for any college basketball team this season than Colorado playing two games in 3 days between Christmas and New Year's I think on the road. I think that's just a terrible spot for them. So uh, on the whole, I think Colorado's played better at home. Oregon hasn't been that that great on the road. So sideline season edge here. Uh, I
0: I agree with it. And and I think every half the teams in the Pac-12 did that. That's what they normally do for their scheduling. They play these Thursday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, you know, uh, Friday, Sunday, whatever. They play those real quick on the road. Um, So about half half the teams kind of got screwed in that regard. Mm -hmm. And some of them did better than others. But I think kind of your point being, if you do well in that situation, great. You've got good coaching. You've got motivated players. You were able to stay focused. Sure, you do bad. That doesn't. Like, I don't know what it says them, I guess. Be- yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like it's, well, what it says is you didn't stay motivated in a tough spot, but that doesn't really tell you how they're going to perform the rest of the year, right? That's right, like, right. that's a one-off and it's like, that's not really informative to anything else. Um, we had Cal in that game as a model play. Um, so again, I, I think the models kind of trying to do this and it really reminds me of if if people weren't here for college football, watching this, they're going to be really confused with all the college football references. But it reminds me of Boise State, what we did within the the yeah. back half of the season. And I think we went like seven and one or something in the last eight games. There, you know, calling losing them, them yeah. losing to BYU and bouncing back and win the cover or not. and not. It's just kind of zigzag, and that's that's Colorado and that's some of these Pac twelve yeah. teams because the spots are really difficult, and you just have to look at. The, the home road, that second game on the travel like it's really difficult and you can't mm-hmm. overreact to it. I talked about earlier, yeah. right? You have to figure out like, yeah, Colorado looked terrible last time out. That was a terrible, terrible loss. And yeah. so now coming back, it's like, might be a little bit of value backing them because there might be a little bit of an overreaction to that. When in reality, like they're probably just as good, if not better than Oregon at home. Yep. Yep. It's really tough. This, this Colorado, Utah road trip that the team's, whenever they go play both of those back to back really tough with the altitude. Yeah. Not an easy thing to do. So, I mean, it's, it's, if you don't watch out, even good teams go and lose both of those games. And so um, we're going to lay the three there with Colorado, a little bit of an under the radar game here, 8 PM central Cincinnati at Wichita state. Cincinnati is a, Two and a half point favorite. The model says it's a coin toss game. Model says the total should be 129. So I've got two picks for you here in this one. We're going to go with Wichita State getting two and a half. And we're going to go under 135. To me, there's a couple things about this. The number one biggest is Cincinnati at home versus the road. They have a great home court advantage. Don't play as well on the road. Uh, We faded them against Temple. Uh, here last time out, and Temple got a a relatively easy win. I think we're talking about kind of a similar situation here. Um, Their offense doesn't play as well on the road. That's kind of what we're going under. When you look at the best unit on the court, the best unit on the court probably Wichita State's defense at home. They want to slow it down. They know they don't want to get into a track meet with Cincinnati, uh, given that their offense doesn't have the horses to keep up with Cincinnati's. So the home team wanting to slow it down and having the defense enable to slow it down is part of the reason why the model thinks that 135 is too many points. It's a huge edge for the under. And I think grabbing the two and a half makes a lot of sense. It's not a model play, it's just shy. The model really wants three. So at three, it's a model play, but I still think two and a half is a reasonable investment or the equivalent on the money line in that I think this is a toss-up game. I don't really know what happens. It should be interesting. It should be close with five minutes to go, and then who knows what happens. So either give me plus odds on the money line or give me two and a half points in my pocket in a game that I think should be interesting if you like good defensive basketball, but it's going to be probably more of a rock fight than an up-and-down contest. Uh, Cousin Joe, what do you have on He's got two plays for you. You got a lot to talk about here.
1: Yeah, well, I I was just going to say, I don't have much to say in this game. Aside from Cincinnati, you you can't let Wichita State drag you down into this Mm. slow, low-scoring defensive game because Wichita State almost has the market cornered on those types of (laughs) games. It is unbelievable some of the low-scoring games that they've been able to play in this season. So Cincinnati, if you want to win this game, I think you've got to find a way to try to get up and down the court a a little bit and open it up because it's just going to be a really, really tough night for you if you get drugged down into that type of game. And and the problem is for, for Cincinnati, I think, is that Wichita State's really good at finding a way to do that.
0: Yeah, and it's just like we talked about your last time you were on, we talked about the West Virginia Oklahoma Mistake game. Same yep. concept, right? This game's in Cincinnati, maybe a little bit different story. It, you know, at their home yep. court, Cincinnati wants to speed it up. I think there's a better chance they can speed up Wichita State, get them out of their game, gives them a little bit more of an advantage. But yep. in Wichita, yeah, like you said, like they're going to be a little bit more able to do what they want to do, which, like you said, is yep. get this into a low-scoring rock fight, mm-hmm. and that benefits them a lot. And so a little bit of value here grabbing the points for State and under two picks for you, uh, or maybe three picks, I guess, if you want to sprinkle a little bit on the money on Wichita State, uh, right. however you want to play that, whatever your personal preference is. Uh one last big 10 game to cover here, a late one uh for them 8 p.m. Central, Indiana at Iowa. Iowa is a one as a one and a half point favorite. Speaking of teams who haven't looked good uh <laughs> in a while. I although yeah. well, to be fair, Iowa did look really good against Penn State in like at the last 10-ish minutes of that game. I mean, they were just getting run out of that game, and mm-hmm. the last little bit kind of finally started to get things going. Um Indiana. Feels like a little bit of team that's also fallen from grace, Uh, a little bit of injury issues for them. They just haven't been as strong either as they look to start the season. I think part of that is like we talk about the Big Ten, it's just so dang good. It's, I mean, you have like one bad week, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, great, you were going to contend for the Big Ten title, now you're like the ninth best team because there's so many good teams there. Um, Iowa at home, though, interestingly enough, get this the model says should be favored by one and a half, and yet the model is still playing it based off of other factors. Um, I mean, I, I really think your angle of back the team who's looking bad, there's some value. I think it's maybe a little bit also of has the, the number I think is finally caught up to Iowa, whereas I think for a while there, like you said, it was slow moving. It wasn't catching up to Iowa. It was still treating them like they were better than they were, treating them like they're better. Right now it's kind of caught up a little bit. The thing is, Iowa, we talk about them so much, They are all about the three-point shot. If they're hitting, they're hard to beat. If they're not, they're easy to beat. At home, they're more likely to hit. Doesn't mean they will, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean on the road they won't. They sure did for that stretch against Penn State there to close the game and had a furious comeback and almost, uh, at least covered and almost pulled out a victory there on the road. But at home, they're more likely to hit the threes. That's what you need here. Model has overestimated both teams. So someone has to prove the model right in this one. The model can't overestimate both teams in this one. Uh, At home, though, laying a short number, I really wouldn't want to lay more than two. But laying one, one and a half, two, seems pretty reasonable at the home team here. It's a model pick. I'm going to back it as well. Um, Because, Jared, the model would tell you to play the under. Also, model would say go under 154, is 149.4. I feel like with the tempo of this game... 154 is probably too many points, but it's a little bit nerve-wracking to try to play the under. I'm not sure I've got the stomach for it, given that this should be a fast game, should be a lot of points, but a little bit scarier to take that under, you know? Yeah, I, I
1: completely agree. I don't like to uh, make plays on totals where my justification has to be A team's not going to hit their three pointers because you mentioned Mm, if Iowa hits their three pointers, this game is going to go over. You know, I like to make that based on pace or how I think somebody's defense is playing and something like that. But to me, this simply comes down to is is Iowa and then, of course, a little bit to a lesser degree, Indiana are they going to hit their three pointers? Mm -hmm. Because if either of them come remotely close to shooting their averages in this game, it's going to go over in in my opinion. Um, Here's what I think is happening in this game. I think that Iowa, whatever happened against Eastern Illinois, I have no idea what happened that (laughs) broke them.
0: For the next game and a half, in my opinion. I have to, I have to add real quick about that. Just because we're, we're here, we, the, the Texas game just happened last night for us. And there were people on Twitter who were talking about how that was like the biggest miss they've ever had gambling. Because they laid like 30 points with Iowa. And Iowa lost by like mm. 10 or 12, whatever it was, right? Yeah, yeah. just I was thinking about that last night. Picking the under in Texas Kansas State and just watching all the points there, I was like, "This is kind of like that." I had, we had Eastern Illinois in that one. I had Eastern Illinois in that one, right? So that was I was like, right. I avoided that one. But that one of the I was thinking about that game specifically with the Texas kids State. I was like, "This wasn't even close." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's well, it's it's up it's up there with our biggest loss of the college
1: football season, which is when when we went all in on Michigan State at Washington. Uh, and oh 52,
0: yeah, uh, I believe that one. Yeah. Was, that one was really that was bad. also bad yeah that thankfully was... they only count as one loss right that's why we yeah. always say like try to keep your wagers relatively similar size go a little bit heavier but don't do like 10 times wager sizes they want them we want them, we want those bad losses just count as one loss and not 10
1: yeah. right yeah exactly anyway so iowa that Eastern illinois game broke them and then they had to go back to back bid 10 conference games on the road uh right around you know i i, I talk about who must be playing basketball uh, around this yeah. this time when you know the holidays and everything so uh they started playing better at the end of that Penn State game. Now they're finally back at home. Um, I think this is a spot where Iowa bounces back. That's like 75% of the reason why why I like Iowa in this game. The other 25% of the reason I, I like Iowa in this game is because if they don't turn it around here, uh, you, you mentioned how tough the Big Ten is. Mm-hmm. They might be in for a long couple of months if they don't manage to get the yeah. things turned around right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Like, you know, Indiana is a good team, but almost all the teams are good teams. You got to win some home games or else, yeah, Yeah. you're eyeing, you know, you're standing on the barrel of like one of those, you know, five and 16 or some whatever. I don't know what the numbers would be, right? Conference seasons, because you got to get some home wins. Uh, I do think Indiana is a slightly better team. I trust, you know, if this is on a neutral court, I have Indiana favored. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think they're, uh, you know, a little bit better overall, but, uh, you know, you got to think that home crowd for Iowa comes out here. You know, yeah. school's getting closer to starting. Maybe some of the students are back. The local's coming out. You got to think, like you said, it's kind of one of those all-in efforts of, like, you got to get the ship right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or else, like you said, it's going to be a rough season. So we're going to lay the point in half with Iowa. We're going to pass until we're going to model what they play under the total. I'm just not. I, I think there's other better totals investments. I'm going to get 10 totals to the Discord that are my 10 favorites. Um, this is not one of them. It might go under, but I just don't really want to be invested either way uh, yeah. when you start talking about these two teams. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Central, back to the Pac-12 USC at UCLA. UCLA is a half point home favorite, maybe a little bit less of a home court edge here. Not really sure who's going to show up in the building for this one. UCLA tends to have a little bit more basketball fans. They tend to be able to fill up USC's basketball stadium a little bit more, but with the holidays still, students around Cross City just have no idea really how that's going to play out. Um, You know, UCLA, definitely the better team. I don't think anybody would argue that. They are uh, one of the better teams in college basketball. Still not 100% healthy. Should win. The question is, can they win by this? This is quite a big number for a rivalry game, for a conference game. For a conference game where the team... Isn't traveling, you know, we talked about the Utah, Colorado, travel situation is tough. The other, you know, also like Washington to Arizona State, like that's tough, right? You know, mm-hmm. this is like the easiest travel spot, you know, you can yeah. imagine just across. I yeah. mean, I say that maybe that, you know, uh, you know, traffic being bad, right? But I mean, otherwise, it's a pretty easy uh travel spot here. Model says UCLA by 12.9, but still thinks 13.5 is worthy of an investment. This is a model play. I'm going to back USC as well. We have faded USC a lot this year, 14 times gone nine and five fading them. We've wow. only backed them once and they covered for us. The model says back on here. So I say, let's do it back USC, grab all these points, assume UCLA wins, but assume that they win by I mean, there's a lot of numbers. Pick your favorite number yeah. between one and 13 and then we get the win and don't have to care about anything else because, uh, what's your take?
1: Yeah, so a few things about this game. Number one, this seems like a lot of points for a, a rivalry game. Uh the, the other thing I would say, so USC last game out didn't look good against Washington State, lost by 10. But we've got another situation of two games in three days, uh, except they were with the Washington School. So they played Washington on December 30th and then Washington State on, on January 1st. So they, they beat Washington fairly handily and then lost by 10 on, on to Washington state there. So, uh, again, not giving a a full pass, but not giving them full blame, uh, for, for that Washington
0: state might be a little bit underrated too. I think they're a pretty solid basketball team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And USC, although it's been very profitable to fade them they're they're like solid, like they're not a a bad team. Like they beat Colorado state by nine. They beat Auburn. They beat Long Beach state by 10. They beat Fullerton by 14. They beat Oregon state by
0: one. Uh, they, they they've been all by 15, so been they probably fade just because they've been getting a little bit too much respect the numbers been yeah. a too high but you're right they've been they're good they're good team they're not bad yeah. it's just yeah that they're not they're not able to cover a lot of these big numbers
1: yeah and they they, they lost by five to Wisconsin they they lost by seven to Tennessee in, in overtime so I, I think they're a, a solid team yeah, so for, for me, this is just too many points in a rivalry game for a USC team that has been completely solid. Yes, UCLA is good. You go look at some of their yeah. scores this season. Like, it is completely possible that they cover this number. Uh, but, man, this just seems like a lot of points for this spot against a USC team who who seems perfectly fine. You know, it's not like they're, it's, a, it's a bad team, and you're just solely putting this on it being a rivalry game. I think there's – you look at USC schedule, there's plenty of reasons to think they can cover this number.
0: It should be a really interesting game total in this one. Uh, 141, you know, you've got USC wants to push the tempo a little bit. Uh, UCLA's got a really good defense. Uh, so it, it should be a real interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Uh, it should be a fun one, uh, at least early on, to see if USC can hang around. I, I think they can hang around and at least keep it moderately interesting. Um, I'm not sure they'll have a huge chance to win, but at least keep it kind of entertaining for long enough just to cover is all, all we're all asking them, really. Yeah. Um, we're not asking them to go on the right away because that seems... A little unlikely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of teams that should go on the road and win, we're going to wrap up here with a late one, 10 p.m. Central. Gonzaga at San Francisco. Say wrap up, wrap up with the bigger games. We got that the the wild card game at the end. That is, uh, oh, it's a doozy. Oh, it's a yeah. doozy. I'm I'm looking forward to getting that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> before we get there though, Gonzaga is a ten and a half point favorite at San Francisco. Model says ten point four, but leans Gonzaga, and the model would play Gonzaga if it gets to ten. So if you can chop running, get a ten. It's a model play there. I'm still going to say 10 and a half is an okay number to lay. Um, I think Gonzaga still scoring points from the last time they played. I think the same thing happens here with San Francisco. I just uh, San Francisco's got a decent defense for that conference, but I, I just don't think they've got the horses to hang in this game. Um, total. in on this one's 157 and a half for a reason. Uh, Gonzaga's very light very possible to get to 100 uh or or, or approach 100 sniff 100 right Models says on average 83 and like i said if they get up into the 90s and where it's you know they're they're you know in shouting distance of 100 i don't think that would surprise anybody It's kind of what you're hoping for if you're laying a big number like this you're hoping they can run away with it against francisco not a bad team they're actually above average uh, when you compare to all 360 teams it's just um Gonzaga, I think now entering the part of the schedule where we all kind of wrote them off as, oh, they aren't a title contender. And now I think they're just going to quietly like maybe beat the crap out of all these teams. And then we're going to get to March Madness and have zero idea how to handle them because we're going to be so impressed with all these victories and yet so confused because they just didn't quite get it together in the non-conference. Maybe this is their chance to get all that stuff right heading into March. Um, This is one of the few, believe it or not, this is one of the few challenging games they're going to have for the rest of the season. I mean, this is like, in the top three toughest games they're going to have
1: yeah. in
0: their conference. They're 10.5 point favorites. Decent chance they run away. Again, Model One's 10. I think 10.5 half still okay to lay, though. So that's the side I would rather be on. Uh, Cousin Jen, what do you think? Man,
1: uh, what I would say to San Francisco. So, San Francisco likes to open it up offensively and try to score a lot of points. But the problem is, is like, that's not going to work against Gonzaga. Like, you're kind of betting on you being better at a certain type of game than what Gonzaga is. And for all of what you just said, how we're not quite sure what to make of Gonzaga this year, I promise you, they're still a lot better than San Francisco is, uh, especially on the offensive end. So, uh, this is one of those like styles make fights, and these two styles aren't going to be good because Gonzaga is just better. Uh, What San Francisco does. Than San Francisco is, so I don't think yes. it'll be particularly close.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. You know, San Francisco not quite as fast as Gonzaga, but still pretty far up there with regards to uh, yeah. average number of possessions per game. They have a good offense. The so extent they want to they want to play fast and score a lot of points, and uh, that's what Gonzaga wants to do. So it's that's yeah. that's a great point that you make there. It's going to make it really tough because you, they're, they're not going to beat Gonzaga at their own game. Really, the way you're going to beat Gonzaga yeah. is. Um, Alabama did that, but also Alabama is a really good yeah. basketball team. Much, that's much the, better than San Francisco, yeah. Much better. Or Michigan State, who I don't think Michigan State is you know, maybe as good as Alabama. I think they're just an okay team. But Michigan State played a very different style of basketball against yeah. Gonzaga, right? So that's the type of thing you need. You either need that weird style that's going to get them out of their game, or if you're going to play their game, you need to be better than them, and, and San Francisco's not, and that's going to yeah. be tough. You never really know. I mean, to me, I think San Francisco's strategy is going to be – if it was me, my strategy would be get up and out the court a lot, shoot a bunch of threes, and hope you make them. And hope Gonzaga yeah. misses yeah. them. I mean, that's got to be your strategy. And, hey, yeah. it might work. But, like, that's kind of their hope. And if, those, if they start jacking a bunch of threes and they're not hitting them, this could get ugly in a hurry because yeah. Gonzaga should be able to name their score because the pace is going to be so fast. And their offense is so good. They should just be able to get a ton of points in this one. Yep. All righty, I think it's to the overtime game. Hope you are looking forward to this one as much as I am. Um, 8 p.m. Central, Nickel State at Texas A&M Commerce. If you were to rate quality of games, this is like the 50th best game of Thursday. But I honestly love this game. I'm surprised that it's it would even be 50th. It might not even be. That might be an overestimation. <laughs> I'll look it up here. in <laughs> Just a minute. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly where I have it ranked using yeah. my formula. Um, Model says this should be Nichols minus five. They're only laying two. The quick rundown here, we've backed Nichols seven times, gone five and two. They're actually like not a bad basketball team. They play insanely fast and that's. Going to work to their advantage against a Texas M Commerce defense that is terrible. That should <laughs> allow Nickel State to score a bunch of points and get the road victory. Commerce is not as they're not bad, bad, but they're definitely not good either. They're they're yeah. somewhere in that below average area. Nickel State's Nickel State might be actually average at basketball, which is kind of crazy to say. Um, Should be the better team here. Should be able to go on the road and get the victory. Lane two is a great number. I love the number. I love the spot of everything about this game. Um, Cousin Jared, why are you all over Nickel State minus two? For a lot of
1: the reasons that that you just said, and you look at Nichols state, some of the games that they've played this season, they only lost to Mississippi state by two. They lost to Texas tech uh, by seven. They've got a lot of uh, good, good wins in there. They can occasionally when they, when they get down because of that pace, they're having an off night shooting. You can definitely see them lose by some, some bigger numbers. So, uh, you know, just throwing this out there, if commerce is the side that you're wanting, you may want to look at like a money line or something because, you know, Nichols could just miss all their shots and, you know, commerce could run away with this but yeah i just think if you look at the totality of what both of these teams have done nickel state has proven on the uh, a bigger stage that they can hang with some of these really good teams and they've blown out some teams this year as well and you look at commerce if you take out like the first couple of weeks of the season they have just not been a good basketball team especially the last month and so to me this just seems too obvious you got a team who has proved themselves to get some big time competition this season and you've got a commerce team that's just like you got to really strain to see anything good, especially after you know the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, I think Nichols is kind of uh, playing some good basketball right now, and I think Commerce is not playing good basketball right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I have th- three things to add. Uh, number one, I looked this up. It actually is the exactly the 50th best game on the slate, which is wow. a miracle. I feel like I just got to retire after that. There's no yeah, way.
1: Yeah, you, you had pretty like pretty a pretty one. I, I would say you had a one in 79 chance, but you knew it wasn't no, one. You probably no, knew it wasn't yeah, last. Yeah. So Probably yeah. like
0: a like 20-ish chance, probably. that's yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, like yeah. Roulette wheel, right? If, if you go roulette wheel, you hit it, you know, you, you yeah. walk away. Um, <laughs> actually, things that are important I want to say. Um, you talk about commerce playing well early on, and I mentioned this before, some of these D2 teams coming up. Not a lot of tape on the D2. It's not like football where there's tape on, like, every division out there, it seems like. Um, I think a lot of teams early on just didn't know what to expect from them, and that kind of makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, they got a couple – you know, a couple of these – Teams move up, they get transfers. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty early on in the season. Like I said, later on, they haven't been playing well at all. It's like now that the book's out and they know how to tackle them. And how, the way to attack them is their offense isn't very good. Their defense is actually somehow worse. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like we know exactly what to do. And teams have been taking advantage of that. Uh, the third thing I want to say about this, and I think this – I talk about this every so often. I think it really matters here is that the Ken number on this one is uh, in, in the two range. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. The bookmakers have just used the Kin Palm number. We talk about that a lot. His stuff is really good. I don't want to insult whatever. I mean, pioneering uh, great yeah. stuff. Here's the issue is that we always talk about, I always say this, right? All models are wrong. Some models are useful. His model is wrong. My model's wrong. All our models are wrong how good or how close are they is what matters. And his model is pretty good on aggregate. But when you talk about these D2 teams coming up, there are a lot of question marks. And there's a lot of like, we really don't know. And that's where the variance gets a little bit bigger. We're like, we could just be missing on some of these. And I think this is a case here where the, how much Palm Palm's going to miss by is a lot bigger on these D2 teams. And I think that's yeah. the case here. Is I think when you look at it, you say, there's no way that this should be two. This should be, again, my model says 5.1. Uh, I, I think, four, five, six, all those are pretty reasonable numbers. Uh, And and so I just think it's, it's a little bit harder to trust one model when there's just this so much big question mark. Um, It's different than uh, James Madison coming up in football last year in college football. We just didn't know, right? And that's that's sort of the thing here that um, I think that's why there's a lot of value on this line is I think the books are just like, oh, Ken Palm says two, let's trust it. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. I just don't think there's any reason that there should be two when you look at what Commerce has done as of late. Nichols is a pretty solid team and Commerce isn't. And And I know it's
1: on the road, but they should be able to get the win. And I, I, I don't take anything that you said as an insult to Kim Palm. Good for him. I, I take that as an insult to the bookmakers who are too lazy not to do their own work and just hang. <laughs> hey so, like, that's the problem here. It's, it's not Kim Palm.
0: True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good way to look at it. It's like his stuff is so good that a lot of the book, make, a lot of them are using that as, as yeah. a starting point, as a reference point, as it just like, we're going to start with that because that's how good his stuff is. Mm. Uh, but again, it's not perfect. That's what I My stuff isn't perfect too. Uh, and that's why I encourage people, you know, look at, you know, look at other models, look at other opinions as well, because when you try to aggregate all of it together, when you get a good, solid opinion, um, we just all try to figure out uh, where there's value and, and different models will disagree and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But in this case, uh, I I really disagree with this one. That's that's where I'll leave it at that and say, uh, we think Nickel State can get us done here. So again, that's probably not on your radar, but one that uh, really should be invested in in our opinion. Uh, Otherwise, Cousin Jared, that's all we've got for the people today. Do you have any parting words? Nope. All right, short and sweet. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pix the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we brought on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.